Welcome to the Customer Acquisition Experience Podcast with Guy Rosman. This is the show where top digital marketers share proven tactics, tools, and frameworks that will help you acquire more customers and grow your business. Let's get started. Here is your host, Guy Rosman. Hey, Sean, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Guy. Yeah, I'd love to have you. And Sean, you run SpeedSense Web Performance, which helps enterprise retailers earn more online through improving the speed of their website. And it seems to me that this is an area that is often overlooked. So I was wondering, like, how did you discover that area and started working on optimizing it for clients? Yeah, cool. Thanks. So I'm a developer by my background. I studied engineering and spent a number of years working on like the user experience, the the front end, the UI level before it was really like back when it was a full stack developer building like Java front end. And so I've always been really tuned into like the friction in a UI or in a experience in general. And as I got on in my career, I started working a little more in e-commerce and I saw some data around the uh, the penalty you pay for for running a slow website and just you know the the brand perception that the kids eroded with with a slow site and so yeah I was really an advocate for that in a couple of jobs that I'd had and often it was like well we don't really have time right now or you know we'll we'll focus on it once we've done this project or that project and I saw it kept getting deprioritized and I was you know it was all you can do as a developer you you do the thing right. You don't decide if you do the right thing. And then a few years ago, I came across an opportunity to consult to a brand that I'd worked for before, and they wanted a product manager to come and run a web performance project. And my manager there was like, dude, you would be perfect for this. Like, <laughs> this is all you used to complain to me about. And now we're finally going to address it. So um, so come and run it for us. Uh, we'll see how it goes. We don't really have like a process. We don't really have clear understanding of even what we're working on, but we know the site is slow and we know if we make it faster, we'll make more money. Uh, and so I did that just as a, a freelancer, like a consultant. And I, part of my job there was to re- re- report, excuse me, on the uh, ROI of, you know, if we spend a hundred thousand on site speed, what is it going to give us? Are we going to get our money back? And for them, it was wildly successful. And so I was like, wow, I didn't, I could just do this again for anyone. And uh, so I started doing so as a, as a consultant and then eventually over time realized, you know, if I want to grow this beyond myself and have a bigger impact, uh, I should put a brand behind it. And that's where SpeedSense was born. And what type of businesses you're working with right now? And in general, like what type of businesses or sites you think can have the biggest impact when working on their site speed? Yeah, fair. I mean, it's... It's a funny question. One sec. Funny in a good way or in a bad way? No, no, it's good. I mean, kind of anyone. I mean, I just, have you ever watched like a a 20-year-old use a cell phone? The the attention span, no offense, is you've got to be fast or you're obsolete. It's on to the next thing. So we focus on e-commerce. We help enterprise retailers. We help brands that have where the ROI will be positive because running a faster website is going to result in more orders and more revenue and fewer bounces and things like that. But in general, like that question, it's it's great because who doesn't want a faster experience? I mean, I know that's a bit hand wavy, like everybody should have a fast website. <laughs> But yeah, we focus on e-commerce retailers. 
usually who have, you know, if you're mom and pop and you sell a hundred thousand online, awesome. It's probably not worth your time to spend tens of thousands of dollars on making it as fast as it could be because you just won't see a positive ROI on the other end of that spectrum, you know, Amazon, Walmart, the multinational behemoths are setting the user expectation for how fast shopping and how seamless it ought to be. And so if you're competing, if you're selling anything, you're competing with them, but brands of that size often have an in-house team dedicated to web performance. Who's, you know, they've got like a developer and an analyst and QA and a product manager like I was. And so their mandate is make it fast, but brands in between that window of like, you know, maybe you're doing a hundred million, maybe doing like, you know, 800 million, or maybe you're doing 25 million somewhere in that, like two, you know, uh, what is that? Eight to nine figure businesses. There's an opportunity to build a team in house like that. Like they, they need to compete with the brands that have infinite budget, essentially with, uh, with a little bit more leverage than going and hiring a dozen people. That's a million dollar team if you want to compete with Amazon, but mm-hmm. you don't start, you know, you can't start there. And I also like the fact that, uh, you touched upon the, the idea that you really try to connect the site speed to the revenue, right? So you want to measure the impact. So can you tell us a little bit about uh, how do you tie it back, right? Like how do you measure the impact and what kind of uh, metrics are you looking at when uh, optimizing for site speed? Totally, yeah. The holy grail for us in terms of like, or for any product owner, because really... The person we serve the most in an organization of that size is the person who decides what gets built when and prioritizes the work for the developers. Um, and they are tasked with ROI. Like that is, what is this going to cost to build and what is it going to get us in return? And so for us, conversion for sure, uh, we're building a model to model or to correlate site speed with conversion rate. And that can be variable depending on what you sell and the user experience of your site and how much traffic you have. Like, you know, if you sell a hundred thousand dollar car, it's going to be very different than if you sell a hundred dollar or $1 cliff bar or something like that, a granola bar. So yeah, we, we look at bounce rate for sure. Like keeping people on the site, first of all, would be the biggest win, uh, reducing abandonment, improving engagement. Uh, and then deeper down the funnel, it's, it's is the cart size increasing as the site gets faster is, you know, AOV, I guess that's cart size, but like quantity as well for some of these sites. Um, but yeah, revenue and, and conversion rate are the biggest ones. Like how many sessions you're never going to slurp more money out of people's wallets just by having a really fast website, but we're going to reduce abandonment and reduce frustration, which essentially has the same impact of increasing conversion and increasing revenue for the brand. I guess that's like yeah. the, the first layer. There's also, if you're running, say, a million-dollar ad campaign for Black Friday or whatever against a site that loads in one second versus a site that loads in five, you'd much rather, I'm sure, drive that traffic to a faster page. So in that scenario, you're going to get a better ROI even on your ad spend if the site is faster, which is counterintuitive or doesn't necessarily come into the equation when, when uh, brands are considering oh, the website is slow, it feels like technical debt often in terms of like it's a thing for the dev team, but it's also potentially a profit lever for all your campaigns and your yeah. SEO. Yeah, didn't even so talk you're about saying SEO that there. like, like first of all, you know, 
So you mentioned before that, uh, like, first, everyone wants a fast website, and that's kind of obvious. But, but then you also tie it to the actual metrics, to the revenue and, you know, time on site and uh, things like that that impact the user experience. Uh, so let's move forward and let's talk a little bit about what is, like, the best way to do it. Like, how do you start working and identifying the key areas that you're going to need to work on in order to improve the site speed? Totally. Great. Yeah. I think the big problem that, that people have when they, when they meet us is we don't really know how fast our site is. We have anecdotal evidence or like some, you know, you could run a page speed scan. There's a dozen different tools that'll give you how fast a page is or, or how fast your domain is, but not everyone is in tune with that. And that's fine. So how fast are we, how fast do we need to be? Like how fast is everyone else in our competitive cohort? What's our target? Which parts of our site are fast and slow? Because if you're a brand in that scale of, you know, a hundred million in revenue, we'll say you've probably got 10,000 URLs because you sell, you have a bit of big catalog. You have uh, a lot of category pages, a lot of product detail pages. You've got a lot of content and auditing those individually is just never going to happen. So we have, we start with traffic analysis and then we pair that with uh, bulk synthetic testing. And then we pair that with real user monitoring. So we get some data from a few different sources to see how is the site performing, especially compared to your competitors. What So then we set some targets and say, okay, this is where you are. This is where you need to be. And then look at which parts of your site are slow. So of those you know, 10,000 URLs, maybe 4,000 of them are powered by the same template. So we'll aggregate on templates and then do you know deep analysis on each URL or each page type to see in which ways is it slow. So yeah, I'm pretty in the weeds now, but that's okay. Maybe maybe the audience is in tune to that. There's a 20, 50, 100 different metrics that you could use to measure the speed of a website. And we sort of, you know, there's a trend in the industry as well. You've probably heard of Core Web Vitals from Google to, to aggregate into a few user experience centric KPIs for site speed. So I don't really, in this sense, they don't really care how fast it took for your server to respond. They don't really care what the payload was in bytes. It's more about when did it start drawing something and how much lag was there when the user tried to interact? And then how much like jank is there as the page reflows and and uh, renders as it's coming in? So we, yeah, we look at those attributes across those different page types and, and see on which page are you slow? In which ways are you slow? And then here are some ways to improve that specific metric on that specific page. And are there specific tools that you guys use, but maybe also like, you know, business owners, product managers, marketing managers can use to identify and also benchmark against the competitors? Are there tools that you can recommend? Sure, yeah. Yeah, our tooling is largely based on, on open source tooling. So anyone could go and self-serve, but PageSpeed Insights from Google, like pagespeed.dev.web.dev is great. And they're constantly iterating on that. That's powered by Lighthouse. I've probably used the word Lighthouse already. Lighthouse is also built into Chrome if you go in like your web inspector and do a performance test in there. So that'll show you a couple of nice things. It'll show you the synthetic tests in terms of like a bot loading the page and then really deeply analyzing the CPU utilization you know, when pixels are painted to the screen, things like that. But Lighthouse and PageSpeed Insights more particular gives you also a view. So Google has an anonymized database of performance uh, data called Crux. 
This is the Chrome user experience report. So as users are browsing the web using Chrome, it's phoning home to Google anonymously and saying, okay, you know, uh, amazon.com page one, two, three, four, five loaded in hundred milliseconds for the first paint and just sending all that anonymized data back so that Google builds this monstrous database of all, most of the significant sites and uses that then to influence SERP ranks, SEO page rank. So they need some way to determine how fast the site is. And they do that by capturing the data of the users as they browse the site. Luckily for us, that data is publicly available as well through something called the Crux API, or you can get sort of like an origin level snapshot of it on uh, on the PageSpeed Insight scan. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, thanks. And can go a little deeper there if you want, or, or we can... No, you can go as deep as you want. Uh, if, if there's other like tools that... Again, like this, this yeah. sounds... Uh, it is kind of technical. So I'm wondering if it's something that is, is approachable or you think that is something that is... Uh, you need some tech expertise to really figure it out. Yeah, that stuff is totally approachable. I mean, the API is yeah. not something you need to access unless you're building a tool on top of it, like we have, or other agencies mm-hmm. and, and products. But webpagetest.org, I believe, webpagetests, I don't know, Google it, it'll, it'll be the first hit. Okay. They have awesome tooling for for analyzing the waterfall chart. So a waterfall chart is something that shows like the the cascading of assets as they're loaded on the page. Really good exploration for what's render blocking. And we get into that in deeper detail when when we've identified mm-hmm. where a page is slow and in which way, and then look at specifically yeah. which assets. And maybe the first party, maybe the third party. There's a whole, there's a whole path to go down there. But yeah, I'd plug that tool yeah. too. That's a, that's a great one for us. Cool. And so another thing that you mentioned before was, uh, you know, the, the example you gave about running an ad on Facebook and, you know, wanting your site to be as fast as possible, like faster than the, the competitor. And I'm wondering how can like marketers or people that run ads like we do, how can we think about site speed and how can we improve? I guess uh, the marketing pixel are not helping with site speed. So maybe touch upon that. Like how can we do our job better uh, in terms of site speed? Great question. Yeah. Every vendor is going to say, load this pixel immediately or load this script in the head as soon as you can so that as soon as the user lands on the site, we know that they've arrived. However, you may be recording their arrival before they've ever seen anything painted to the screen. And they may actually leave the site before they've ever seen anything painted to the screen. So our recommendation is generally focus on getting the experience in front of the user and defer your tracking until at least that has occurred and you know they've landed properly. Not like one wheel on the ground landed <laughs> in a uh, in an airplane sense. Because yeah, exactly. Like when you're trying to track, you know, click maps with with Hotjar or you know, capture user-generated content or post reviews with Bizarre Voice or, you know, there's hundreds of third-party tools. Yeah. And each of them is going to have a cost associated with them. And something that we help with is is prioritizing, you know, this is something you can defer and this is something you can't. For example, you'd want to register that the user has arrived. And so your Google Analytics should be tight, like should be one of the first things it fires or your whatever you're using for tracking and monitoring traffic. But if you're bouncing a lot of that traffic, then probably not best to include it in uh, bouncing specifically before they've seen anything render. Probably don't want that included in your impressions. It depends, right? Some brands are more willing to, to have that conversation and 
it depends on if it's a, a tech-centric company or a marketing, marketing-driven company often. Depends how much of that expertise is in-house versus outsourced to an agency. Depends on the skill set of that agency and their appetite for performance versus attribution. Everybody's going to fight over attribution, as as you know. Like Everyone wants to say, yeah, that was my sale. And I mean, I'm in the same boat, right? I'm saying speed is selling more. And so we're building a model to prove that. So basically, when you do that, you can improve speed. But I think, you know, on the marketing side, you can definitely improve your tracking because you want real page views, you want uh, real visitors that you can later remarket to and measure your activity. So it sounds very yeah. reasonable to me, you know. Yeah, one more thing on that, actually. We've got a few cases now where Google Analytics or whatever analytics tracking system was on the site was loading late or firing late. Like, say, it fired after three or four seconds. There's a lot of users that arrive and bounce within those first three or four seconds. And so by speeding up when Google Analytics fires, we're catching a lot. It looks like we're getting a higher bounce rate. But really, we're that bounce rate was always there. It was just invisible to the, to the tooling and to the users. So people that are trying to run this site based on the data on their site have an incomplete picture of it because of the slow performance, because there's this competition for CPU cycles at the very early stages of the page load. Yeah. So do you have like maybe more examples or like real, like, uh, you know, case studies from, from recent time for, for like, like a project that you did that really impacted the, the bottom line of one of your customers? Yeah. Yeah. There's one we're working on right now, actually, a case study around, um, this is pretty simple and a lot of brands probably, probably could relate. So they had a YouTube video on their page about you know, three or four screen scrolls down, we'll say, below the fold. And it was one of the earlier assets being loaded. So YouTube Player is downloaded from Google's, you know, CDN, and it tries to boot the JavaScript and it inserts the player into the DOM. And all of this is happening at the expense of the above the fold content being rendered to the user. And so one of the metrics that we track and that Google uses for SEO rank is called largest contentful paint, which is like basically the hero element. Maybe it's text. It's usually an image. But when did that load? Like, when did the user get the biggest element you wanted them to get? Because that's taken as a good metric for a good user experience. And so if you're doing things behind the scenes, like in this scenario, loading YouTube player below the fold in preparation for someone to maybe watch that video later, then uh, you could be costing performance uh, on the, the thing that you want this user to see the most. And then they might bounce before they ever play that video. Or, you know, 80% of the players never play that video. So an easy way to fix that is a, is a pattern called loading it via a facade. You add like basically an image of a YouTube player with a big play button on it. When the user clicks on that, you then instantiate the YouTube player. You download it and stuff it in the DOM and away we go. Watch the video. So much yeah. better user experience, much better performance. Got it. Uh, that's a great tip. So Sean, before we wrap up, do you have like one or maybe more like one or two tips like that, that people can really like something very actionable, like, like the example you gave us now, people, something that people can go to the website, you know, check their site speed and immediately make some changes that will, that will impact, you know, the speed. Sure. Yeah. Well, one good quick sweep would be go into your tag manager or wherever you're like loading third-party tags and look at each tag you're loading. And if it's not needed for like the above the fold, user experience, add the defer attribute to your script. 
So there's three ways to load JavaScript. There's like the standard old school way where it, as the DOM is being loaded, it downloads the script as soon as it encounters it and then executes it on download. Then there's async, which is people have probably heard about. It loads it asynchronously. It doesn't stop parsing the DOM to get that script. It just loads it in the background. But then as soon as that script arrives, it gets executed. And that can happen maybe before you've painted your biggest hero element, for example. Defer then would be the third variant of that of that JavaScript loading. And deferring non-necessary things basically means it'll load it asynchronously. It's not going to interrupt like building the DOM to load it. It's also not going to execute it right away. It's going to execute it once the DOM is ready. So when we've painted all the elements, built all the elements that have been initially requested, now you can run that. So for example, if it's something like your reviews below the fold or I don't know, like a help widget, like a customer service plugin, a lot of that stuff I would recommend defer. So that'd be the first tip. Yeah. Potentially you, you're here. basically prioritizing the different elements of the web page and just prioritizing when each one operates. Basically, yeah, yeah. You can give like a browser is single threaded, so it can only do one thing at a time. Slight caveat on that, it can download in parallel, but it can only like render or parse the DOM or execute JavaScript or parse CSS at one thing at a time or including respond to user input. So sometimes you'll like tap a screen and you'll get a two second delay before the button responds to your input. That's probably because the main thread of the browser is busy running some other JavaScript, doing something else in the background, parsing DOM, you know. It's spinning and, and we're used to, in computing in general now, multi-threaded environments and you know, multi-threaded computing, but that's not the case in browsers. And uh, it's part of what makes it complicated, but also part of what makes it manageable. Because you can say, I want this thing early, I want this thing late. And then, you know, you go from there. So my other, I guess, recommendation in that light would be, you know what element you want to show first. It's probably, you know, you're above the fold hero element. And so preloading those assets will allow the browser to prioritize. I wouldn't, this is something you'd want to use cautiously. You don't want to preload everything because if everything's important then nothing is. But the hero element, like if you've got a big picture or it's like the main image of your product or of your homepage, you can preload that so that as the browser's parsing the DOM and parsing the JS and parsing the, uh, the HTML that's come in, it can, uh, it can put out an early request for that image before it even encounters it. So imagine, you know, the site is building the header, it's building the, the Chrome around the site, but then it encounters at some point is going to put, you know, oh, here's an image that goes here. I better go get that image. What I'm saying here is you could tell it to get that image before it gets anything else. Like when it's first, it's in the head. You tell it, download that image. We're going to need that in a second so that by the time it gets there, it doesn't have to go make that request. So that's a quick one to speed up LCP. Got it. Uh, okay. The Sounds good. That I was talking about. Yeah. And hope that whoever listens will, will definitely you know, mind their site speed and go and take action on it. And before we wrap up, how can people reach you and, and get a sense of what you're doing and maybe work with you? Sure, yeah, speedsense.com. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm uh, sharing content on LinkedIn. We're, you know, pretty, pretty easy to find, speedsense.com. And my name is Sean, Sean at speedsense.com. <laughs> okay, Sean, that's great. So thank you very much for your time and uh, let's keep in touch. Great. Thanks, Guy. It was fun. 
Thanks for listening to the Customer Acquisition Experience Podcast with Guy Rosman. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'd love to connect with you and hear more about what you're struggling with right now. So make sure to connect with us on LinkedIn or just jump onto our website at mediaflows.com, fill out the form and get a complimentary 15-minute call to evaluate your paid advertising strategy. Thanks again and see you in the next episode.